So we are to do good things. Live a holy lifestyle. But it's not just that we avoid evil, avoid dark works, so to speak. Paul goes on here, the rest of verse 11. He says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead, what? Expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret, but when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. So how do we expose dark works? What does it mean to expose sin or expose evil practices? Well, I think there's two components to exposing dark works. First is we need the ability to articulate and explain our beliefs, to defend them, to show why our beliefs are right and their beliefs are wrong. And that's going to be a little bit challenging, isn't it? It's challenging for two reasons. One, we live in a culture that believes in this thing called relativism, which is you can have a truth and I can have a truth, and they both can be different but right, which just doesn't make any sense, right? It's as if they said, you know what? You can have the personal belief that it is okay to torture babies for fun. And I can have a differing belief that says, no, that's not good. But we both can be right about that. It's ridiculous, right? Obviously, not all ideas are equal. You can't think that the earth is flat, and I think that the earth is round, and us both be right. Obviously, one of us is wrong. But our culture is a bit immersed in this thing called relativism. But it is a self-defeating proposition, and I know your pastor is helping you to teach you and equipping you on how to combat these things. But the other reason why it's a little bit hard is because Christians, by and large, just don't know why they believe what they believe. If I were to simply ask you a qu this question, why are you a Christian? How would you answer that? How do you know your religion is the right religion? How would you answer that? Why is homosexuality wrong? How would you answer that? Why is same-sex marriage bad and harmful to society? How would you answer that? Friends, we have to give a reason for this. Do we really expect the world just to go, oh, you said it, well, I believe it? Like we approach the Bible, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Do we expect an unbelieving world to act that way towards us? Oh, well, the Bible in Leviticus says that homosexuality is wrong. Do you think a non-believer is going to go, oh, okay, that works, yeah, I get it, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. No. We need to be able to explain things. So when somebody says, why is homosexuality wrong? Why is same-sex marriage bad? You know what I say? I don't bring up the Bible at all. It's not an authority they recognize. And you know who else employed that strategy, by the way? The Apostle Paul. When Paul was in Athens, he didn't bring up Scripture because he was dealing with pagan philosophers who weren't going to give a lick about what was in the Torah. But when he was with Jews, he used Scripture. So when a non-believer or someone in culture says, why is same-sex marriage wrong? I start with things like, well, men and women are both equally valuable but different. And just as like we wouldn't think that it would be good if we had a Supreme Court of all men because we realize the value of women, why do we think it's better in the home for a woman and a woman or a man and a man to raise a child? No, we understand the goodness in our diversity. Men and women are equally valuable and different. And in our difference is beauty. And we know this. Our culture still knows that. My daughter 
understands the goodness of boys and girls, that we're both equal and different, and that is good. And when a man and a woman raise a child, that is the best environment for healthy families, and healthy families are the building blocks of healthy societies. And so that is why natural marriage is good, a type of marriage that is described in the Bible. We need to equip ourselves to talk like that. And I hope you see we don't do it because we're arrogant or we're smug. It's because we love other people and want to see them flourish. So will you commit to growing in knowledge? Will you ready yourself to give an answer to the why question? But you know who told us to get ready for the why question? God did. Deuteronomy 6, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. What you hear today, you should teach these things to your children. Put them as the signpost, you know, teach, with them, teach these things as you walk by the way. That classic passage in Deuteronomy 6. Well, you know what it says in verse 19 and 20? When your sons and daughters ask you, what's the meaning of these things, you shall say. Even God was saying, your kids, you're going to teach these things, and your kids are going to ask why, so get ready to give them an answer. We need to get ready to give our culture an answer to the whys. Will you do that? Along with being prepared to give a reasonable defense for the hope that is within us, the second way we expose dark works is by showing images and telling stories. There are some things that it is very hard to connect with until you see it or hear a story. How many of you have learned about the Holocaust in a history class? How many of you have seen Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan? Which had a greater impact on you? The movies, the images. How many of you have heard a lecture about abortion in the pro-life movement? How many of you have seen the images of an aborted child. Which are more powerful? The images. If you've not seen them, these undercover videos exposing Planned Parenthood that are showing the severed limbs of aborted children, it is very graphic, and you need to look at them. It does more than words ever could. And it's hard. Believe me, I know it. I'm a pastor. In my own church, I have women and men that have been affected by abortion. One of my good, closest friends just had a miscarriage. So images like this are going to really bring up a lot of pain for her. But I knew that I was going to have to show images in a sermon one Sunday. And uh, I knew every reason why I had to do this. I also knew every reason why I couldn't do this. The church was going to think it's too political it's too mean. It's too graphic. We don't need to see things like that. It's just offensive. It's going to hurt. It's going to drum up feelings of guilt from people that are recovering from a previous mistake. It's going to affect women with miscarriages. But I know what is true. I know the power of these images. And so we preached a very loving, humble, gospel-centered message that included showing the 90-second video clip of the aftermath of an abortion. Not the procedure, but what follows it. And it was risky, no doubt, and I sweated over this, not for my job, but for my friends. I don't want to inflict pain. But let me just tell you the response. I had more 
people come up to me after that sermon than I think I ever have, saying things like, I, those images affected me. I, I did not realize what abortion really was. And people have, because of that, actually started to do things. They're serving locally and, and pregnancy resource centers. They're equipping themselves to learn how to humbly and respectfully dialogue with other people about the abortion issue. Best story about that, and i got to be careful because I'm running out of time here. There was an atheist sitting in the congregation that morning. And I knew this because it was a friend of ours had invited them, and I, and I was sensitive to that. He comes up to me afterwards, and I'm like, okay, what was this guy going to think of this, right? I could already tell he had a good experience because of the look on his face. And he said words. He, this is what he said to me. I'll, I'll cut to the chase. He said, I was sitting there listening to you, and it was like a culture shock for me. You see, nobody in my country, and he was from Spain, nobody in my country at all talks about abortion, much less directly. And I'm sitting here listening to you, and he said it was a culture shock for me because I could not believe what I was hearing was coming from a Christian, that it was direct, thought-provoking, reasonable, not judgmental, and true. He said, I could not believe it was a Christian saying this. I asked him, can I put that on my resume? But images do more than we could ever imagine. So we need to, when we can, show images. But also, friends, in my last couple minutes, tell your own story. It's good to be able to defend what is true and to explain what is true, but just show how what is true has affected you. You all have a story. Start telling it. Be brave. Be a Christian. Let people know it. Let them know how the gospel has changed you and what truth has done for you. Andrew Peterson is an artist, a, a writer, musician. Great line. He says, if you want people to know the truth, tell them the truth. If you want people to love the truth, tell them a story. So friends, will you speak what is true and tell others about how that which is true has affected you? Will you go tell your story? And then lastly, as we close, there is no time to waste. Ephesians 5, 15. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil olivet baptist church will you make the most of every opportunity redeeming the days speaking what is truth to those that need it will you trust in god to do this i pray and hope that you will we're going to conclude this morning with a time to respond and it is, this is one of the most important times in a service. Not that you just hear something, but that you respond to what you have heard. So if you need to, and I don't know what your traditions are, if you come to the front and you want to do that to repent of some sin in your life, do that. You certainly can do that in your pews. If you need to talk to your pastor, feel free to do that. If you have questions for me, I'm going to run out the back door so you can't ask them to me. I'm kidding. I'm here for you today. I'm glad to serve you. The band is going to come. I'm going to pray Respond as the Lord has led you. Father, thank you for this church. May you bless them. May you lead them into holiness. Let this be a bright light in this city. And may many come to know of you because of the good works you do at this church. Amen.